Continuing our special study on how to study the Bible, this is Lesson 3, An Open Schedule. In the previous lessons, we learned about the importance of an open heart and an open Bible for being an approved Bible student. We also considered some practical ways to cultivate intellectual honesty and a good habit of Bible reading in our personal lives. All of this information is wonderful to know, but in the end, it will not benefit us unless we put it into practice. Why is it that most people, even people who truly want to please God, fail to be good Bible students? The most common complaint is that people just do not have enough time to read and study. Thus, we must also work on cultivating an open schedule. In Acts 17, 10 through 11, Luke says that the Bereans not only received the word with eagerness and examined the scriptures, but they did this daily. Was this an extreme approach to Bible study? Not according to the consistent testimony of biblical writers. 1 Peter 2, 2 admonishes, Like newborn babies, long for the pure milk of the word, so that by it you may grow in respect to salvation. Is it reasonable for a baby to eat every day? In fact, it's necessary for a baby to eat multiple times a day. And this is the metaphor which the Spirit of God uses to describe the important role of the Word of God in our spiritual growth and health. The 119th Psalm is entirely dedicated to singing the virtues and praises of God's Word And it often explains why a daily resort to the Bible is imperative for spiritual life and strength. How can a young man keep his way pure? By keeping it according to your word. Oh, how I love your law. It is my meditation all the day. Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. Seven times a day I praise you because of your righteous ordinances. Verses 9, 97, 105, and 164. In Psalm 1, verse 5, the psalmist says of the righteous man, His delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law he meditates day and night. Beyond poetry, we can see this sort of devotion acted out in the lives of the early Christians. Luke says in Acts chapter 2, verses 42 and 46, that the first believers were continually devoting themselves to spiritual things and day by day continuing in practices that built themselves and others up in the faith of Christ. Among these daily disciplines was learning the apostles' teaching, which today is contained in the New Testament scriptures. Daily Bible study must be the goal for all of us, even for the busiest person. It is not an unreasonable goal if we will only consider three vital factors, all of which come directly from the Word of God. Setting Priorities In Matthew 6, 31-33, Jesus makes a challenging demand on those who would be His disciples. After warning that it is impossible to follow Him and also pursue earthly riches and fame and power, 
he stressed that we should not even fall into the trap of being consumed with a concern over the necessities of life. He argued that if the same God who cares for the natural world cares for us, which is precisely what the Christian faith proposes, then we should not worry, saying, what will we eat or what will we drink or what will we wear for clothing? For the Gentiles eagerly seek all these things, that is, uh, unbelievers. For your heavenly Father knows that you need all these things, but seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. When Jesus says that the Gentiles eagerly seek all these things, he is challenging his disciples to live a radically otherworldly, countercultural life. The Christian is instructed to manifest ultimate trust in God by putting God's purposes first and foremost, even before the things that life demands. If we do not settle in our hearts that knowing and pleasing God is the matter of first importance, then we will not succeed in either of these pursuits. On the other hand, the omnipotent God promises to provide us with all the needs of life if we will truly put him first. Therefore, we have two great motivations to prioritize God and the things that concern him. One, it is essential to our success as Christians. Two, it comes with a promise of blessing and security from the only one who can truly grant it. Regarding Bible reading, we must resolve that all other matters, even necessities like food and work and sleep, and therefore especially luxuries like games and entertainment, must come second to studying God's Word. If something must be sacrificed in the day, it should be anything else before it is the time we spend reading the Bible. Scheduling Time to Serve In years past, many Christians acknowledged that the Scriptures praised those who rose up to begin their daily labors early in the morning. This kind of discipline is not so popular in the modern world, but it is worthy of our time and attention to consider what the Bible says about it. Three times the great faith of Abraham is magnified by the report that he arose early in the morning to do the thing which God had commanded him to do, Genesis 19.27, 21.14, and 22.3. In Exodus 24.4, the same point is made regarding the loyal obedience of Moses. The same is true of Jesus in Mark 1.35. Conversely, in Exodus 32.6, the Bible describes the people of Israel as rising early in the morning to begin their wicked and immoral worship of the golden calf. It is a worthwhile question to ask whether we have been willing to start our day, particularly early, for selfish or perhaps even for unholy reasons, but never for the great purpose of reading and studying the Word of God. In Psalm 119, verse 147, the psalmist, who is expressing the great value of the Word of God, says, I will raise before the dawn and cry for help. To what is he crying? To God's Word. And he begins early because he believes that God's Word is the only source of deliverance from the dangers and hardships of life. If we live our lives only giving as much time to God as we have by happenstance, then we will not give much time to God at all. 
Next, determining to put God first, the most important lifestyle change for becoming a good Bible student is scheduling a time to read and study, rising early, and living intentionally with that responsibility in view. Self-discipline. A final point must be made about the necessity of self-discipline. The Apostle Paul was a marvelous example of self-discipline. He stated in 1 Corinthians 9, 24-27, Do you not know that those who run in a race all run, but only one receives the prize? Run in such a way that you may win. Everyone who competes in the games exercises self-control in all things. They do it to receive a perishable wreath, but we an imperishable. Therefore, I run in such a way as not without aim. I box in such a way as not beating the air, but I discipline my body and make it my slave, so that after I've preached to others, I myself will not be disqualified. This, according to Paul, is the only way to live the Christian life without the grave risk of being disqualified. Faithfulness to Jesus is not flawlessness, but it is a relentless pursuit of his will and knowledge. It means being willing to say no to anything in order to say yes to him. If we will put God first in our hearts, learn to rise early and live according to an intentional schedule, and be willing to say no to other things in order to say yes to Jesus, we will make time for daily Bible reading. These principles can be applied by anyone. Some people work days and others work nights. Some people work long hours at a job site and others work fewer hours from their own home. Some people are retired, others are in school, but these requirements apply to all and they can be practiced by all. Here's a suggestion for putting these things into action. First, select a time for daily study. Second, set an alarm a few minutes before so that you can finish your other task and dedicate your full allotment and attention to reading and studying. Third, if you have an opportunity to do something else during your Bible study time, treat Bible study as an important appointment that cannot be easily canceled. Fourth, if you absolutely must cancel, be gracious to yourself and make up for it later in the day. Make a list of things that you are willing to sacrifice if necessary in order to make up for lost study time. This is the simplest lesson we will study, but it is by far the most difficult to put into practice. It is here that Christians become participants in the sacrificial aspect of religion. As a Christian, you will never know what it is like to take one of the prized animals from your herd, the one you intended to use to sire further and better generations, or the one you intended to serve at a significant family dinner to honor someone you loved, or the one you were simply most proud of, and to kill it and cut away its choicest parts, simply to burn them on the altar of God for the sole purpose of showing your love and devotion to him. That is not a part of our religion. But that does not mean that we have no sacrifices to make. We must deliberately determine to love God more than all other duties and relationships so that we will set aside and set apart our precious time and intentionally devote it to God's purposes— 
This is essential, not merely for effective Bible study, but for the very practice of the Christian faith altogether. When we walk with the Lord, when we walk with the Lord, in the light of His Word, in the light of His Word, what a glory He sheds on our way, sheds on our way, while we do His good will, while we do His good will, He abides with us still, He abides with us still, and with all who will trust and obey. Trust and obey.